M-Class Emails. Oh my fuck, I love this show. This is the best show that we do. The other <laughs> kind one of... sucks dick. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Somebody had to. Somebody had to. Uh, I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And this is the program where we open up your emails, read your burning questions, and give you uh, half-assed answers that you feel haven't helped you learn anything at all. Yeah. That's exactly the show. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's start out with a good email. Okay, let's not start out with a bad one. (laughs) It better be good, Timothy. (laughs) Oh, shit. Timothy Johnson. Oh, man. I bet that's a fake name. That's, it sounds like a fake name. No one would ever mm-hmm. be named that normally. It's too cool. What's your name, son? Uh, T- Timothy J- Johnson. <laughs> Where do you live, son? One, two, three, Timothy Street. <laughs> well, is that on the corner of Johnson Avenue? Y- yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway, Tim <laughs> writes. I'm going to call you Tim. Yeah. Tim writes. First time, long time here. Hi. Y'all of... Is that a word? Uh, it is now. <laughs> uh, y'all of finally got to my personal favorite Star Trek series. It's time to double punch oh, some no. spoonheads. See? It's not the one you think. Okay, good. Time to double punch some spoonheads, sword some Klingons, forget about the Maquis, and do drugs with the great value predators. <laughs> Let's get those political intrigue engines running, because we got a runabout to catch, baby. <laughs> God, this guy is great. This is great so far. Anyway, just wanted to say that you two are the best. No, you're the best, Timothy Johnson. Yeah, we believe in your name now. Or whatever your real name is. <laughs> just like with the Continue cast, Syndication Station, and, uh, Blantasy Bliction... Oh, I don't know that one. I cannot wait for each new episode. They make my week. When's that Patreon coming out? Or that Talking Over Movies podcast? I need them. Oh, man. Uh, They're coming. Soon-ish, hopefully. We're we're working real hard. Both of us are working real hard. We're we're not working that hard, guys. But it's coming. (laughs) Don't worry. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Guess I'll throw out a pitch it or ditch it for DS9. Oh shit. The yes, crew pitch go- or ditch it. The crew goes to Ryza, but this time Worf isn't a butthole. <laughs> and he signed it Keep on Jizzardin. Which is I great. Feel, I feel like that's been said before. I think that's, that's definitely something that has, we said before. Probably so. Like, Worf being a butthole on Ryza is, like, the only thing that makes that episode have any conflict. Yeah, because it's Ryza, so, like, what could possibly happen on Ryza? Yeah, (laughs) there were, like, weird terrorists that, like, hated leisure. Like, like, eco-terrorists. You fucking leisurely assholes enjoying yourselves. I hate this. So every summer in Star Trek Online, there's the Ryza event. Where you go to Ryza and you do fun vacationy games, like where you ride a surfboard and race around and fly jetpacks and stuff. Sounds fun as hell. And uh, it used to be uh, before the new lighting patch, which it looks amazing. Uh, there was a day-night cycle, so like the daytime would turn into nighttime. It was really cool. Um, 
And for years they've been talking about, well, fans of the game have been talking about adding a element like that where, like, the eco-terrorists come. <laughs> and they like fun as hell. Yeah, and you have to, like, stop them, and then you get, like, rewards and shit. So, like, that, I just wanted to talk about that because I love that game, and uh, they should oh, do that. Man, I really need to start playing it. I know, but it's wintertime soon, so you get to do the Q Winter Wonderland. Oh, man. Man. Anyway, yes. anyway, thanks for writing in, Timothy. We appreciate yeah. it. I would, I would, I, I would, I would pitch it because I love Worf and Riza. So we can yeah, think of I'd the like story to see later. Worf have fun on Riza. Yeah, I just want to see him go get like his Klingon DS'd by like seven Rizians, male or female. I don't care. <laughs> All at once. Yeah, who cares? There's seven of them. Mix in a few of each. Yeah, why not? Why not? Our next email is from Nick Hayes. Hi. Who says, pitch it or ditch it. Oh, shit. TNG. Wesley has reached that special age where he's spending hours on end in the holodeck. Uh-huh. An oblivious Beverly asks Data to investigate since he's already in his Sherlock cosplay. <laughs> uh, I don't want to watch any episode where Wesley Crusher beats it. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. If it were anybody else i would pitch it <laughs> yeah i don't want to watch any episode with wesley crusher regardless of the content of the episode yeah because the, then some stupid shit would happen like they get locked in and then the sex hologram would turn into moriarty or something evil lincoln <laughs> evil lincoln was real that was really Lincoln. <laughs> genghis khan evil lincoln <laughs> um jj trek George Lucas oversees the special Ditch edition it. remaster of Star Trek Generations in which William Shatner is digitally removed and replaced with Chris Pine. <laughs> I'm going to say no. ditch it. No, yeah, not not cuz of George Lucas. I'm not a, I'm not a George Lucas hater, but uh, you're a George wreck. Lucas apologist is what you I, are. I am. I am. Uh, I sure, I'm fine with that. I am not I wouldn't call myself a George Lucas hater. But I don't yeah. apologize for him either. Yeah, when it was his though, like he could ruin his thing. Yeah, it's, he's doing. You the, can ruin whatever you want if you make. He's it. just he's just a more 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 popular Dan Harmon. That's true. I don't even <laughs> know much about Dan Harmon, but I know that about him. Dan um, Harmon's just like I don't want to do this anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, Tos. The crew okay. of the Enterprise find themselves on a planet whose culture has been completely patterned after Earth's 1944 Nazi society. It turns out it's just Earth in 2019. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> oh, ditch it, please. Definitely ditch it, and in please. real life, hopefully. Yeah, let's hopefully. Yeah, let's uh, let's not do that. Uh, 2019 is a uh, very conservative estimate. For how soon that's going to happen, by the way. Yeah, I think he picked that because of uh, the next year's of the election year. So. Yeah. Uh-oh, it's constitution suspended. Whoopsies, no more Uh-oh. elections. Uh-oh. We're not going to fucking exist at that point anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, love the show, my dudes. Keep being funny about Star Trek and shit. Nick Hayes. Thank you. Great email. Yeah, thanks, Nick. That was awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> Our next email is a long one. Okay. Uh, wait just a second here. It's so long you have to unscroll it. I do. I have to work out what the hell it's, it's happening. Okay. Our next email is from Steve Nemzik. 
Oh, yes. Who says, hey, Trek boys. Trek boys. So you're about to do the Voyager pilot caretaker, and I have to ask, do you think Chakotay's decision to ram his ship into the Kazon warship was warranted, or is he just a shit pilot? I mean, it, it took a lot of damage, but Bellana could fix just about anything given time. I think they didn't want to have to have two ships on the show. Yeah. That's what I think. It made it a lot easier to just have one. <laughs> they were like, we gotta get rid of this ship. Let's also, scratch like, it. It doesn't make any sense that their photon torpedoes don't harm the ships, but ramming a ship into it destroys it. Does. It. Yeah, it's made out of the same shit. The warp core is the same stuff as the photon torpedo. Whatever. <laughs> Anyway, given you're okay. coming up on the Voyager pilot, I thought I would do a special Voyager pitch it or ditch it. Only oh this time, I'll be more serious. Okay, also, no Molly Coke mules. Uh, you're going to be very disappointed. Also, my oh, mind, geez. well, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy, so no promises. <laughs> One, the hot Betazoid helm officer, Lieutenant Stoddy, played by Alicia Coppola, didn't die, but suffered brain damage, resulting in paranoid delusions and psychotic episodes. Uh-huh. Convinced Janeway has tried to murder her using her powers. Uh, she used her powers immediately upon waking and stayed hidden by the Acampa until Voyager left. Oh man, there's a lot going on here. She then followed Voyager, only she was forced to travel more slowly and lagged far behind them, Growing yeah. more insane day by day. That's Jet Laya. They do that with Jet Laya. Yeah. The twist, Voyager meandered through the Delta Quadrant like a drunken Jawa, helping other species and doing good. Meanwhile, <laughs> following behind, Stadi undid all the good Voyager accomplished by setting races against each other, changing people's memories of what Voyager really did. Oh my uh, god. Like the baby-stealing evil doctor and a cannibalistic Vulcan security officer. Whoa. By the time the Federation returns in the far, far future, the whole quadrant is in turmoil and blames Starfleet. Hmm. We just read someone's fan fiction out loud. That was crazy. Podcast. <laughs> I think that... I don't want to discourage any... Uh, like imagination here so like that would have made Voyager a lot more interesting yeah I'm gonna pitch it because like there's that's very well thought out and Um, I really want I really want to see Stadi again so I am (laughs) going to have to ditch it (laughs) because it's it's the whole Jet Laya thing but it's also like giving an excuse why Voyager is seen as being evil by all the races yeah, the, the it's races, their own actions that are causing them to believe that. Yeah, the the races of the Delta Quadrant don't really. Uh, I'm just gonna say it; they don't really matter. No, they really don't. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah, the, and the whole ending thing—the Federation returns in the far future—that never happens. No one's ever going back. Delta Quadrant sucks. Who cares? They just they just like put up a big uh, fence around the Delta Quadrant and they say, "Don't go there. Don't go in there. It's crazy." <laughs> Fucking, you fucking do not want to go in there. There's crazy shit going Woo. on in there. Don't do it. Woo! Was that a? That was, was, that was an Ace Ventura pet detective reference. Holy shit! My references are on point. Oh man, they're coming back. Uh, two. Lon Suter, played by Brad Dorif, is an engineer oh, yeah. on Voyager. Suter, 
is a sociopathic Betazoid mercenary. He creates uh-huh. a clone of Neelix and proceeds to torture it mercilessly for six months <laughs> to let out his aggression. The clone is subconsciously programmed to obey Suter. The clone eventually escapes and comes across the original Neelix alone in the mess hall. A fight ensues and the clone, being crazed, gets the upper hand. But Neelix is crafty. And Shoot seems, the real Neelix. And it seems to be even until the door is open and Suter enters. Later that day, Neelix serves up a special stew for the crew. <laughs> Tom says it tastes like chicken. Nobody thinks to ask where Neelix got the meat from. Neelix oh, refuses no. to look at Suter when he comes up for seconds. Is it out of fear? Or programming. <laughs> that was a good ending. That ending yeah. was great. That was a great ending. Steve, you need to be writing Twilight Zone episodes, is what yeah. you need to be writing. To serve Neelix. That's... It's a cookbook! <laughs> um, that was far more interesting than anything that ever happened to Neelix, so yeah. I'm going to pitch it. Pitch it. Neelix, yep. Eat him. Eat him uh, up. Fried green tomatoes, Neelix. Three, Molly O'Brien is a cool Oh my mule. god. Wait, I already did that. Okay, how about this? I I hate that that's becoming a recurrent thing. I hate it. <laughs> She's like uh, the cutest little kid of all time. Yeah. Uh, Voyager becomes self-aware and views the crew as a virus. Uh, mm. That kind of happened on TNG. That's a TNG thing, yeah. Yeah. It grows and begins to show that it views its... Elf is a male and creates a holodeck simulation to live in. Seven of Nine and the Doctor offer an option. Janeway must enter the holodeck and get super slutty to keep the <laughs> ship's adolescent AI occupied while they purge the system. Daisy, Daisy. <laughs> Janeway finds herself beginning to feel bad for the emerging AI and question becomes do they destroy a new life form to save the crew or set down on an M-class world and live out their lives allowing the ship to go on alone. Well, if it was an adolescent, I would say send Kess in. Yeah, I mean, she's like three. So, <laughs> I guess that all works. Um, yeah. I'm going to ditch it. Yeah. I, I The ship isn't good enough to be smart like that. It has no. bio packs in it, though. The bio Which gel. get a cold. Yeah, it gets, it gets sick, and they got to make it not be sick anymore. The great writing that happens in Voyager. <laughs> what if the ship gets col- a cold? Uh, there, you see? Not too crazy. Okay, I lied. Here's a few more. No! <laughs> Four, Kess does become pregnant from Neelix during the elo- the forced elogium in season two. Uh-huh. And spends the rest of the season looking like the hunchback of Notre Dame with a hairy whisker-filled sack on her back that moves on its own. Oh my god, no, ditch it. I don't uh, want to watch that. Thousands of nerd boners no, are buried in the dirt. Nerds finally leave their parents' basement, stumbling into the daylight, driven by the horror they have seen, only to be hit by passing cars as they stumble blindly into the streets. A whole generation of nerds is lost. Oh, that doesn't sound too bad. I'm gonna pitch it. Yeah, pitch that. Pitch it for the nerds dying. Yeah, fucking cull. Cull the nerds. Yeah, get get some get some get some of them out. <laughs> Steve has like a weird like saw mind that's just all yeah. about like torture and murder and like horrible shit. I can't I can't put my finger on it, but he should be like writing like horror movies with like I don't know, like what's his name? The guy like Eli Roth yeah, or something like very that. Very Eli Roth. Yeah. Cause number five is the creepy kid Borg twins accidentally kill Neelix and have to skin him <laughs> and make a suit out of him and go through the motions of running the mess hall. 
The crew uh, that, find out, but leave them to continue their ruse as the food has gotten immeasurably better. <laughs> Captain Janeway secretly demands Neelix puppet shows for her amusement. <laughs> well, if the food is better, pitch it, I guess. I mean, I guess. <laughs> man, Steve, I, think, I don't know, man. I think Steve might be outlawed from pitch it or ditch it from now on. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta, like, censor Steve's pitch it like, or ditch it. Steve's pitch it or ditch it. Like, I love you, Steve, but your email's like a mile long, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he does say, I found Voyager a bit repetitive and bland. There were some good stories and characters, to be sure, but overall it yeah. dragged on too long. Yeah, well, they liked that seven seasons. That's, like, their number, right? Like, they always were... Mm. Uh, the shows were to be seven seasons. I don't know why. Um, it's better than eight. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine what any of these series would have been like if they went on for eight. Yeah. So, I agree, though. Like, yeah, He asked what we think about the writing, but we went real heavy into that. Listen in to the episode. episode. Yeah, l- so listen to the episode and you'll learn. Uh, <laughs> he says, much love, guys. And much Thank love you, right Steve. back at you, Steve. We love you, Steve. you right then. Don't skin us and wear us as, as suits. Please, God. Our next email <laughs> is from Harvey Rollins. Henry Rollins' his brother. Uh, yeah, we. I think we did that joke last time. That's because it's not a joke. It's real. It's real. He's really Henry Rollins' brother. Yeah, it's his cool. cooler, more muscular brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello, Trek gentlemen. Trek gentlemen. <laughs> I was just listening to the DS9 pilot episode, and you talked about uh, about. <laughs> God damn! You t- it's really hard to like read stuff that doesn't have spaces in it really a lot and uh-huh. not have my accent come out like a giant fucking head. I didn't even notice it. I didn't even notice it. Okay. And you talk <laughs> about why Cisco wasn't a captain at first. Uh-huh. I agree the optics on that are bad, but I think it had less to do with audiences not handling a black captain and more of Star Trek not trusting the audience at all. I watched yeah. it all for the first time recently after watching TNG, and it appeared to me that there could be absolutely no sharing of titles between DS9 and TNG between characters in the same position. Hmm. TNG had a chief of engineering. DS9 has a chief operations officer. Yeah. Data's the science officer on TNG, but they never call him that, so Dax is safe to have that title. There's no captain. Hmm. There's, there's no Captain Picard. There's a commander, Cisco. Kira needs to go by Major since Riker has Commander as his title. Right. Chief of Security is the same, but we'll call Odo Constable to make sure people don't get confused and think he's Ooh, this is a really good point. This is a really... I love this point. This is great. This is great. Like, Bashir and Crusher are the closest. Chief Medical Officer Crusher, but Julian largely goes by Chief of Medicine. Oof. They even call Guinan a bartender and Quark a barkeep. <laughs> it's not the bridge, it's ops. It's not ops. the holodeck, it's hollow suites. And yeah. the second TNG ends, in the very next episode, Cisco is promoted to captain since that title's available. Wow. Dude. You, you should write a fucking paper. Fuck, dude. That's a great point. That's, like, so good. Damn. I didn't, you don't even notice it really because, like, the setting is different, right? Like, yeah, they just call them those things. It makes sense. Like, it it makes sense that like 
the hollow suites are are hollow suites because Quark owns them. Mm-hmm. It's not the hollow deck. There's not a deck, uh, you know, where the hollow suites are or the hollow whatever you would call them, hollow decks. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. That's really good. You though. blew That's my really mind, good. Harvey. I know. Uh, Fucking A plus. I understand the reasoning behind this, and I really like things like Major Kira being there and how different it feels from TNG by being a Cardassian. God damn. By being on a Cardassian station in the boonies, but always felt a little like, come on guys, cut us some slack. We can handle title sharing. A tiny flaw in otherwise the best Star Trek series. I don't know if I would call it a flaw. I wouldn't really. Either. It's just a strange choice. Yeah, it. I think it probably has more to do with setting, building, like set building, right? Like that. That's kind. They just they they refer to things differently because they're a different crew in a different area. Yeah. Right. It's a whole different thing being a crew of like a space station compared right. to the crew of a ship. A ship, right. It's a lot less... Like, they, we get into that in the show, too. Like, like when Worf shows up, he's like, everything here is so crazy. And, like, Odo's like, yeah, but, like, it's not a ship. And, like, also, here's all these crazy things that happened on the Enterprise. <laughs> he's like, well, you know, that was normal. This is weird. Yeah, yeah this is weird, You've though. got a yeah. bar. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go sleep on the ship. <laughs> I'll be in my ship room. Uh, love the show. Keep it up. And if you ever wanted someone to explain the biggest flaw of DS9, and Harvey completely loses me with this one, by the way. Oh no, Miles. I'm more important than you because of my family, O'Brien. I'm always happy to crucify him, and how he, and tell you how great he is on TNG, and how he's the absolute worst character on DS9. What? I can't even wrap my brain around this. Yeah, that's a weird perspective to take on him. He literally fucks his family over all the time for for his job. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I'm going to go die. See you later. <laughs> he's like, the. I had a conversation about this the other day about how uh, fucking Harry Kim doesn't work. He's the everyman character, but he doesn't work. Yeah. Because he has no grounding as an everyman character. Right. And nothing interesting ever happens to him to yeah, juxtapose him being a normal guy. Right. O'Brien is super average, everyday, normal guy. And he, like, rolls his sleeves up to go to work, you know? He's, he literally he's rolls working his sleeves man. up. Yeah. And crazy shit happens to him. And his grounding is in his family life. Right. And that like back and forth that juxtaposition is what makes him an interesting character and honestly like he's top three characters on ds9 for me he's great he i love him so like that's 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 an interesting perspective for me like yeah near the beginning of the series for like the first like four seasons or something it's odo is my favorite character Mm -hmm. but after that it might be o'brien my favorite um episode well not episode but one of my favorite bits with O'Brien is uh, when him and Bashir uh, quote-unquote die on that planet and those aliens cover it up and they they try to murder them. Oh, and, yeah. Like, she's, and then Keiko sees the footage of it and he's drinking coffee 
and she's like, "This isn't him. He never drinks coffee after two p.m. Like or she whatever." Just knows she knows he doesn't take his coffee that way. Yeah, and then at he the end of the episode, coffee that way. At the end of the episode, he's like, "He's like, I always drink coffee all day," and she's like, "What?" And it just cuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, dude. It's so oh, good. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you have a terrible opinion at the end, Harvey Rollins, <laughs> thank you for writing in. We really appreciate it. And that was a great email. Thank you. Knocked it out of the park with those title things. That's great. That's that, really good. That was amazing. Our next email is from Mickey Burnbacon, which is definitely not a real name. That's a little bit more creative than. Uh, Although it it is Mickey Burnbacon, really. I just tried to make it sound more like a regular name. Burnbacon. Mickey Burn Bacon. <laughs> Don't burn it. Who says, Dear Trek Boys. Trek Boys. And <laughs> yeah. doing different versions of it. Have you read any Trek fan fiction? And is any of it good? No and no. <laughs> uh, no, and I have no idea because I'm not reading it. Yeah. I, I, actually, we read some Trek fan fiction about five minutes ago. It was scary yeah, we read, as fuck. We read Steve's Halloween themed yeah, Trek fan fiction. It was super spooky, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I, I don't read fan fiction of, of, sh- of things that I like, really, um, because it, that's somebody else's fantasy, and I want to live in my own fantasies. I make my own fan fiction up where I'm the captain. Yeah. <laughs> but in this in this world, the Starfleet never invented pants. Oh, it's all scants, baby. <laughs> oh man, scant time. Get your scants going, boys. Fucking put your wife to bed. It's scant time. It's dick sucking scant time. <laughs> it's easy It'd be real access. easy in a scant. Yeah, you just hike it up. Hike up that scant a little more. Show your world to me. Yo. A little Dave Matthews band That's quote for you. Fucking Jesus, we're all nineties today in our <laughs> references. Um, would you can Would you guys consider doing an episode where you both write a Star Trek fan fiction in a way that is totally not the same, but also very similar to a podcast Josh might have been on before? <laughs> Jeez. I'm not opposed to it, but I, that I, sounds very labor intensive. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Trust me, I've done it. I've done it before. It's a lot of work. <laughs> Maybe that could be like a one or two time thing for like people who pay yeah. us money on Patreon. That might, yeah, we could do that. We could mm. definitely do that. Uh, reserve question: Other than perusing double G hangers, what <laughs> in fine detail would you do in the holodeck from your pal Mickey Burnbacon? What? A, that's a great question because like uh, Julian and and O'Brien like to go in. And play war games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to do the Alamo and, and the Battle of Britain. I don't know if I would do that. Um, I double G do. hangers. There'd definitely be some double G hangers, but yeah, it it would be it would yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot like some of those double G hangers would definitely be in Conan the Barbarian simulations. Right, do like where, a fantasy, yeah. Yeah, I go on crazy fucking cool fantasy adventures where I'm the fantasy hero. Yeah, what if like there's like an MMO holodeck game and like other people like share through subspace like this experience through holodecks? Oh, that I don't know if that could be a thing though because like how I mean it could be a thing on Earth, not for like people in the Fed- in Starfleet. 
Because, like, how much time would you have to put into that, and how super addictive would it be? Oh my god, it would be crazy addictive. Like, people... But, I mean, we already see, like, like Barclays super addicted anyway, so... It can happen. Hollow addiction's, like, definitely a thing. I don't know, man. That sounds great, though. (laughs) Yeah, I would just be like, guys, I can't come to work today uh, because I'm I'm a guy with a sword now. (laughs) It's like... I don't know if I would get hollow addicted because I think about like, oh, I'd love to go on a space adventure, but oh wait, I can just go on a fucking space adventure in real yeah. life. Yeah, that's the sort of the point of Star Trek, right? It's like we kind of get rid of our uh, baser problems like that, where we real life is more important than our fake life. Yeah, I definitely do some like 1920s detective mysteries. Yeah, that would be fun. I I don't know. I don't really know. I never really thought about it, really. Like, um, maybe, like, Renaissance Fair type shit, where I'd like to see, like, how people lived and, like... You know what I would fucking love to do, and this is just me being me coming out, like, no normal person would love to do Uh this. I would go back... Like, I would do, like, a Renaissance thing, like a real Renaissance-era, like, Italy... And just yeah. go and watch, like, fucking Leonardo da Vinci paint. Yeah, you'd be like Janeway. She yeah. hangs out with da Vinci. I'd just go see, like, da Vinci and fucking Giotto and, like, all these amazing oh, yeah. artists paint and sculpt. And, oh, my God. That'd be that would be so awesome. Ballin'. That'd be great. Yeah, that, like, it's more, like, I feel like the holodeck, like, naturally just turns into a learning tool anyway, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I would be studying the shit out of what they're doing and trying to copy yeah. it. Yeah. And, I mean, you get these great history lessons and stuff, too. Like, I was just thinking I'd love to go back to Kitty Hawk and watch the first flight with the, the Wright flight, brothers. Yeah. And you could, like, be, like, a mechanic and just be, like, there. That'd mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah, dude. There's, like, so many options. There's so many things. Most of them would be... It becomes educational at a certain point. Most of them would be history-based for me. Mm Because, like, like, everyone wants to see the past. Like, everybody wants to see it, right? So, why not? Why not just walk into a holodeck and see it? Go back and watch, like, a jousting tournament. Yeah, but the like Dark Ages. Yeah, actually, oh, man. be in one. Just go back and be in a jousting tournament. Be a knight. Yeah, be like a knight. God, that do would knight be shit. Awesome. Go on the crusades. Oh wait, no, that no, sounds terrible. I definitely don't <laughs> want to do that one. <laughs> Jesus. Whoopsies. Uh, thank you, Mickey Burn Bacon, who is Good. surely named that for real. Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. Burn my bacon. I want bacon. Hey, bacon. <laughs> I, I waited for the hay bacon. Hey, bacon. <laughs> Our next email is from Keith, the Robo Duke, friend of the show. Oh, Robo Duke. Uh, who says, Hey, Trek Boys. Trek Boys. Trek Boys. Trek Boys. <laughs> it's your friend from Sidecast, Keith, the Robo Duke. I know. <laughs> Everybody go check out the Sidecast. Yeah. It's a good program. We've been on it a few times. Yes. Each. And together. Yeah, we've been on it separately and together. Yes. As you probably already know, I'm a casual fan of Star Trek. Uh-huh. Boo. Filthy casuals. I watched TOS during marathons with my dad. He originally watched it in reruns while in college. 
No doubt nice. he was also smoking nugs that would be considered <laughs> dirt weed by today's standards. <laughs> nugs. Anyway, <laughs> I used to watch Next Gen in reruns on Sunday nights before bed, before falling asleep. Uh-huh. On my old clicker dial CRTV, TNG was the finale to my weekends. As a I also had one of those. And teenagers. Uh, I'd enjoy a dive into the optimistic future before being drowned in the sorrow of school for another week. Yeah, Sunday night is terrible, by the way. Yeah. It still is the terrible. Sunday scaries. The Sunday scaries. That's I've never heard that, but that's yeah. perfect. Like the dude I work with brought like brought that word that phrased my attention, but it perfectly encapsulates yeah. the feeling. When it's like it's like fall and the sun goes down at like five thirty or six and it's Sunday and you're like, Well, I guess I'm done having a day off today. Yeah, I guess my enjoyment of life is over again for another five Dude. days. Oh my god. Uh, so my question, isn't data the best ever? <laughs> simple question, simple answer, yes. Yes, sir. I love Data. I, everyone loves Data. I love Data so much that I named my cat Data. I love Data so much I named my cat Spot. Well, you love Spot, then. I love Data. Oh, I see. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, love and nugs, Keith the Robo Duke. Keep on snugging nugs. Keep on nugging. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. I appreciate the email. I that love, was great. I love the little slice of your history with Star Trek. Yeah, so I, I like, like to hear. That. Yeah, I like to hear about that too. Um, our next email is from Andrew. Okay, Dice Clay. It is him. Oh wow! Uh, it is a horrible, filthy limerick. So strap yourself <laughs> in. It's not. It's not. Uh, hey guys, I wanted to know some deep lore from the M class oh, wow. canon. Okay. How did you guys meet? I don't think you've ever really touched on it in much detail. Since I don't think Andrew. I don't think I know. I just woke up here one day. Um, <laughs> it's really I can't trace it back to a single moment. Really. Yeah. Like, uh, we just tweeted at each other a lot and like hung out yeah. and plugged DJ before that. Yeah, we listened to music and like shit like that and then we we would talk about star trek over twitter but in like dm form for like ever for like a like, fucking like year and like for like an like hours at a time oh, yeah. we would talk about Sometimes it yeah. like four or five fucking hours we were just yeah, DMing. Crazy. Back I, I didn't want to say that because i don't want them no, to know how pathetic losers, we are so. <laughs> just fucking talking about star trek and like lamenting that the world will never be star trek yeah yeah and one day i was just like I do an, another podcast uh, called, it's called Rider Club Monthly now, but at the time it was Rider Club Radio when I wasn't uh-huh. lazy as fuck. And the whole time I was just thinking, man, I would love to do another podcast. Yeah. And I want to do Star Trek so badly. I just want to do a Star Trek podcast. Yeah. And I was just, I just mentioned it in a tweet and Josh just responded with, I'll do it. Yeah, man. And, I love Star Trek. And we did it. And I mean, we we would just talk over Skype about Star Trek fucking endlessly anyway, so... Yeah, right? It was just like, why not just record the conversation? Yeah. And here we are now, and we have tens of viewers like you. Oh my god, it's program. so many. It's almost like 20. We're getting there. <laughs> Hopefully if we grind it out by Christmas, we'll hit 20. Hopefully. We're playing like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Asking Santa for that 2-0. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, it's not really a super interesting story. It's not like we we were just glory holing one day and suddenly found one another. That's actually the real story. <laughs> and I was like, Jeff from Twitter. And then I heard like a muffle through the glory hole, and he was like, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, if you do podcasts as well as you suck a dick, let's do this thing. Damn, I know that beard. (laughs) (laughs) Ow, shit. So prickly. (laughs) So prickly. Um, Oh, man. Thanks for writing in, Andrew. I appreciate it. (laughs) Good email. Uh, Our next email is from Luke Ewart. Okay. I think he's a continued fan, if I remember. Said, who starts it out with Shrek Boys. Shrek Boys. Which is insulting. Frankly. That's that movie. That's the movie with the ogre. He's green and he's like onions. But then stuff from like now times happens. Yeah. <laughs> Did they dance to Smash Mouth? Mm. And then, hey, now you're a rock star. Get your Shrek on. Get fucked. <laughs> Uh, hey girl, winky face. Hi. Love the podcast, fellas. Thank you. Came for the Josh, stayed for the dick jokes. Now <laughs> well, let's have some fun. We just made like six, so. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> uh, one, if you were to make a bridge crew of all the Star Trek captains, who would you assign to where? Oh my god. That's a, that's a deep question. Oh my god. Uh, Janeway is science officer, obviously. This is also like a really subtle, like, who's your favorite captain question, because whoever's your favorite is going to end up being the captain. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, you could go captaining style, though, too, right? But I don't know how you don't pick either Kirk or Picard. Like, I would say. Those are the two. I would say Picard would be captain. Yeah, I would say that. Janeway too. would be science officer. Yeah. Archer would be security. Security, yeah. Uh, Kirk would be pilot. Sure. And uh, Cisco, Cisco would be like uh, ops. Yeah, but not. He could also be security too. I feel like that's true. But yeah, that, I'll I'll agree with that. That's a good. That's good. <laughs> That's the official M-Class podcast Captain Crew. There you go. Draw it. Make fan art of it. <laughs> draw draw your fucking fan art. And put us in there, too. We're cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. Big dicks. <laughs> yeah, we got big muscles, too. <laughs> draw us exactly like we don't look in real life. Draw us exactly like we look in real life. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> Question two. How do you think a starship ran by all datas would do? Probably really poorly. And on a similar note, how about all hollow doctors? Who would win in a dog fight? <laughs> uh, I think the Datas would fare better. Yeah. Um, I think the hollow doctors uh, wouldn't be able to touch any of the controls, which would be poor. Only one of them could be on the bridge because there's only one emitter. They can all ta- they can all press controls and shit. They do it all the time, so that's out. Yeah, um, they'd have to do it in the holodeck or I whatever. I don't know. I couldn't see him manning a ship, all the fucking people, like, stuff. But I could see Data doing it. Yeah, they, the problem with all Datas is that, like, he sometimes runs into, like, prob- like human problems in the show where he doesn't understand. 
And that would be every single day, right? Yeah. Like, True. I don't know. You'd have, a, like, a thousand datas just, like, running into similar problems all the time. Be, like, system failure. Oh, my God. Like, total reboot. Yeah, they'd have to whole just... whole ship. It's crazy. Uh, but the doctor stinks. Like, he's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a ding-dong, man. Uh, I would say the datas would win in a dog fight. Yeah. The doctor would be like, I don't know what to do. I'm the doctor. I don't know. Please turn Maybe off I should sing some opera. <laughs> um, three, Klingon CrossFit class, all starting with a K, which I would uh, change at least uh, one yeah, of I those. Yeah, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would change at least one of those. Yeah. Uh, how badass would that be? You'd be punching rocks and shit, yelling at the <laughs> top of your lungs between sets. DDP yoga? Nice. DDP <laughs> Makbara. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, man, that'd be great. Just everybody on the Enterprise wouldn't shut the fuck up about their Klingon CrossFit class. Yeah, they would be like, I'm doing Klingon CrossFit. Like, instead of, like, big truck tires, we push, like, targs around. <laughs> and they push back, so I get even better fucking attention to my glitz. My core is, like, super strong because they have tusks. <laughs> you're like, what? How does that relate? What? Shut up. Shut up about this. Let's talk about other stuff. What are you reading? <laughs> what are you, I'm reading the manual for Klingon CrossFit. Because <laughs> I want right, to this... get super strong in my fucking core. This brunch is over. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my fucking french toast and leaving <laughs> i'm going to this table over here uh Bye. final note <laughs> final note don't let josh cut you on all those edges he's a good good boy one of my <laughs> fondest magfest memories was playing josh in eternal champions getting my ass kicked getting a hug and receiving a signed shovel knight game as a participation trophy nice. oh wow i beat you at i beat you at eternal champions i remember that who did you play as I don't remember, but I did kicked his ass. Did you play as the superhero with sunglasses? Because that guy's the fucking I, coolest. Don't I think I don't think so. I don't remember who it was, honestly. I, also, I, I was I also as, very drunk, uh, so like when my friends play, I either play as him or uh, the like detective guy that has like yeah. low arms and shit. It might have been that guy. Yeah. It might have been. He him. has like a hookshot thing for his yeah. weapon. Yeah, yeah, that's a great game. That is a great game. It's actually a terrible <laughs> fighting game. It's really I fun. Know. But it's so silly. Uh, thanks for writing in, Luke. I'm, that was a great. I'm email. glad you love Josh because I think he's a good dude. <laughs> I think so too. Hey, hey Josh! Yay! Yeah. Yeah, woo! Woohoo! Ship full of Joshes! Yay! Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next question is from Sean. Who's that? Which Sean? So many of them. Hey, boys of Trek! Big fan of Tuvok here. <laughs> Actually, big fan of most of Voyager's characters. Uh-huh. I realize most Trek boys feel that Voyager is the beginning of the downward Trek spiral. I yeah. watched it every night in syndication in college and really enjoyed it, although upon revisiting, I can see why most fans don't care for it. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun adventure the first time through, I would say. More so than the second. <laughs> 
Uh, for one, they tell us the ship can safely go warp 9.925, which is 9. the... 9.975. Oh my god. Which is the it's equivalent very fast. of bringing a gun to an improv session? Where can we go from there? <laughs> a gun to an improv session? <laughs> well, that's a really, that's a really that, good analogy. That fucking In, ends the session, for sure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, for two, they love using those rifle phasers, which seems narratively unnecessary. Yeah, they have those weird, uh, I don't know that, what their number is, but yeah, they like those. They're like pulse, pulse phasers. Yeah. They're not like the beam. However, if you were to play Pitch It or Ditch It with me and said a series about a lost ship needing to get back home, I will yeah. always say Pitch It every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great, it's a great concept. Uh, it works better as a mini series, I think. I mean, then it's Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, just watch Battlestar Galactica. Anyway, the show has plenty of faults, more than the previous shows, uh, perhaps. But I still like the concept and most of the cast. So this is all a preamble for my own submission to Sean Dupree presents Pitch It or Ditch It. <laughs> oh yes. I am thrilled that others have given their own offerings to Pitch It or Ditch It, but I feel the need to clarify you should only present a short idea and not a full plot summary. You know who you are. <laughs> Colin them out. Wow. Damn. Sean ain't taking fucking prisoners this time. Wow. <laughs> One. It's a log line. It's called a log line. <laughs> uh, One. We go for broke and do an episode where Voyager's artificial gravity breaks. Ron Howard guest directs in a Grammy bait episode of Voyager. Oh, wow. Well, they can, they do that in Enterprise, and they don't need the vomit comet. Mm. Which is the plane that they shot the Apollo 13 in. Yeah. Uh, I like Ron <laughs> Howard, alright. I mean, I'll, p- yeah. I'll pitch it. Pitch it. Two. Pract- practical effects are fun. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Two, Naomi Wildman. Do you remember who that is? Yeah. Okay. She's got the horns. Yeah. Naomi Wildman <laughs> learns a valuable lesson about honesty when she witnesses an emissary assassination in a very final, ep- a very special episode of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what is it with these children seeing terrible things? Yeah, children doing terrible things and seeing terrible things. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I'm gonna ditch it. No, Naomi Wildman is like... She's just like Molly, but with more lines. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's also played by, like, my wife loved that fucking Reba McIntyre show. Oh, yeah, she's in that show. She's the daughter, the younger daughter from that show. Yeah, Reba. Fucking, I know Reba. Fucking Reba. Fuck you, Reba. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, three, Naomi Wildman plays a Wizard of Oz recreation in the holodeck with Tuvok as the lion, Seven of Nine as the Tins woman, and Neelix oh. as the lion? I think he meant sca- Tuvok as the yeah, scarecrow. Tuvok's the scarecrow. Okay. That's really clever. I would pitch the shit out of that. Yeah. That makes, that's really great. I would love that. Because Neelix is a coward. Uh, Seven is a, a robot, right? A cyborg. So she's like a Tin Man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, four, 
Kess and Neelix become crazy voyeurs, and eagle-eyed viewers are encouraged <laughs> to find the fornicating couple in the background of every scene in a hot and steamy Valentine's Day episode of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> uh, I never want to see Neelix's dick in my entire life. Yeah, I would imagine his dick looks a lot like his face. Yeah, I imagine it's, it is his face. It's like when the alien opens yeah. its mouth and the little alien yeah. head comes out. Yeah. But it's just dick. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, also, that's, that's not being a voyeur. That's being an exhibitionist. Exhibitionism, yes. Do you not voyeur know is when you like to look at people having sex or Do you not just know your super sexy fetishes that I definitely don't have, Sean? <laughs> Jesus. Not, not at all? Not a little, even a little bit? <laughs> Thanks for taking my question. And a bonus question. How did oh, Neelix learn how to cook without access to water? That's crazy impressive. <laughs> That's a really good point. How did Neelix not have access to water when he grew up on two separate planets that had water? Hey, here's a, here's a great idea. Go find a comet. They're made of water. And they're huge, and there's a shitload of water on them, and they're everywhere. Nobody <laughs> thought of that shit, I guess. Our, you know, the Ooh. Earth, you know, the solar system. There is a gigantic light year wide cloud of comets. There's a fucking trillion, quabillion tons of water out there. Yep. No, none of you can't use any of that. No dirt. There's dirt in it. Can't use it. Dirty <laughs> water. Dirty. Rocks are in it. Some rocks in my water. This is gonna be a long ass episode. Uh. <laughs> Our next email is from Phil Montgomery, a.k.a. Philosus, from the Continue Stream. Hi! Trek Boys! Trek Boys! Trek Boys! <laughs> I want to start by saying that I am a big fan of the two of you and appreciate all your creativity and insight. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. That's great. Uh, Star Trek was always something in the background of my life, and beyond a few stray episodes of TNG and the Kelvin fanfic trilogy, I just never pulled the trigger and gave Trek a chance. I like you already. <laughs> Welcome aboard! <laughs> you can be my wingman anytime. After listening to you guys speak about all the things you like and dislike, I finally decided to get deeper into the universe by watching TOS. I was blown away by just how great both original pilot episodes were, and mm -hmm. I'm happy to say I've enjoyed every episode I've watched so far, and look forward to seeing how the shows and characters evolve over time. That's awesome. That is so heartwarming. Yeah, th that's that's great. I'm glad that you're watching Star Trek. It makes people better. I, I'm serious. I it swear does. to God. It's it's absolutely mind-blowing to me when somebody's an asshole and loves Star Trek. I'm like, did you not pay attention yeah. to what you were watching? Were you were you not, like, listening to the things? Like, go watch it again. And, like, all those people who are, like, saying that they can't have a Star Trek series that's, like, all about diversity because it's shit and, like, forced diversity and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, did you not watch the program that you're talking about? Yeah. Like... It's been diverse forever. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> um, in the interest of... Oh, no. Yeah, in the interest of actually asking a question, even with my limited frame of reference so far, I was uh -huh. wondering how you guys felt about the episode. I believe it was called The Naked Time, where Spock comes under the influence of that strange liquid that is warping slash augmenting everyone's personalities, even bringing out the hidden swashbuckler in Sulu. 
Oh, I yeah. I found myself really fascinated by the soliloquy time Spock has to deal with what seems to be a torrent of feelings coming to the surface all at once. That has, like, one of my favorite Spock lines that, like, breaks my heart. And like, What is it? It's when Spock says, even when I think of you as a friend, I feel shame. Oh, man, yeah. That's like, great. Oh, my God. Because it's not Vulcan. Yeah. That is such yeah. a powerful line. Yeah, uh, I've seen that episode uh, a long time ago. Um, it's one of the ones that they like to play a lot because it's a good one, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the one that everyone now thinks about Sulu because he's the guy with the sword. Um, so he's got the sword in a movie now. He got a movie sword to go fight a Romulan. He's got a with fucking it. like segmented katana. It's a lightsaber, but it's not. Fuck, I love lightsabers. I wish I could do Star Wars. I, I can. <laughs> now I'm going to do the last one because I'm going to J.J. Abrams. That's what he sounds like. That's a perfect impression. That's how he talks. Um, what do we? Th- it's the question what we think about it. It's a good episode. It's it's like, uh, yeah, how you felt about the episode. Oh, how I felt about it? I don't I f- remember it. I feel it. like a lot of the episode is like, over the top, like TOS gets over the top a lot, oh, yeah. which I'm fine with. Uh, I love this. Like, there's a great background story for why Sulu is like a swashbuckler. Uh, <laughs> in the original draft of the script that they were putting together, he was gonna think he was a samurai, right? But they were like, and he w- because he was Japanese, and right. Uh, George Takei lied and said he knew how to fence. Because he didn't want to be a stereotype. Yeah, he didn't want to be episode. a stereotype. Yeah. So he faked knowing how to fence for real. Yeah, maybe we maybe we shouldn't write the guy who literally was in an internment camp in World War Two as a samurai. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we shouldn't force fucking stereotypes on people that they don't want to do. Yeah. So he <laughs> he lied about uh, being a swashbuckler himself. And put forth the idea that Sulu would think that he was, like, one of the three musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all his idea, which is great. That's awesome. That's the fun fact of the week for you. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> um, in my head, it appears that whatever the fluid is, is sort of pushing the Vulcan side of Spock to the back. And for what may be the first time, maybe in his life, or just a long mm. time... Spock's human side is getting to, or being forced to, deal with things that his Vulcan logic would normally be able to rationalize away and deal with more efficiently. Yeah. It becomes a weeping mess, and I couldn't help but find that very interesting. How do you guys feel, and what do you think about, uh, what do you think about when you saw Spock going through that? Well, Spock, I like, I always feel like Spock is, like, pretty, uh, accepting of himself like later in the movies he's he's very comfortable with uh, both sides of himself right like yeah maybe because he dies and he comes back maybe like it's Gives him like perspective yeah I, I don't know but like I mean there had to have been points when he was younger where like he was it was horrible for him right oh yeah and we, we kind of have a show like that now. It's not Spock, but Discovery's kind of about that now, right? Sort of, like, yeah. 
the 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 some of the episodes you're you're seeing like this human it's it's the, it's the polar opposite though it's a human who grew up Vulcan so I don't it's know like, it's like seeing Spock like that the first thing that immediately comes to mind when I'm thinking about it is that it really cemented Leonard Nimoy as like an amazing yeah. actor oh he's yeah and and to act like a a Vulcan is like he invented it. Like, yeah. he's the one who invented it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, like, seeing him... You see so often that he doesn't display emotions. And that takes a special kind of acting skill. Yeah. To still get across the charisma to the audience without displaying emotions. And it's to still be hard. lovable and enjoyable as a character. Yeah. But seeing him cut loose, there are episodes where he goes a little bit too far. Uh, the one that pops into my head is the one with the Horda. Where he touches yeah. it and he goes, pain! Yeah, he gets really... Like, um, <laughs> but in this episode, it was just the correct amount of measured response. Mm-hmm. That it was... I love that episode for that Spock scene. The rest of it's fun, or it gets like a little silly at times, but that yeah. part, especially that line, I fucking love that line. That's awesome. Um... What what do you think, Josh? What I I don't know. Like I don't. I think Spock is maybe one of like the most fascinating characters on television ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. I, I, but with TOS, like a lot of times, like you said, like there's a lot of like finding itself, and and we talk about this a lot on the show. Um, Star Trek is a 50-year work in progress. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it wasn't great. <laughs> and, and there's, like, the episodes where he's, like, in the in the rec room, and he's, like, dancing and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of, like, not great Spock, but I, I tend to think of Spock uh, uh, from the movies. Like, See, I don't know. Like, as much as I love the Spock from the movies, I feel like there's stuff from the television series that delves a little deeper into yeah. his time when he was younger and he wasn't so sure of his human and Vulcan side. Right. that comes up a lot. Sometimes very yeah. ham-handedly, but other times, like, really well. It, I mean, it definitely adds to his character and I, I love that. Like, I... Because, like, like I, yeah, he, he wasn't always going to be uh, the wise ambassador Spock, right? No. Like, he had to go through some shit... And like being half Vulcan and half human on Vulcan is probably a fucking nightmare to be honest with you. Because yeah. like Vulcans are cocksuckers. Like I the mean, very... from a human point of view, absolutely. Yeah, like, it would be yeah. impossible to live with those people as as like growing up. Right. When you have no control over your emotions and they're right. all control. It's crazy. Jeez. Yeah. There's that fucking <laughs> moment. God. There's that moment in the J.J. Abrams movie where it shows, like, little Spock and, like, two Vulcans come up and, like, bully him, but they're, like, yeah, and robots it's like, bullying him. And, it, and it's, like, <laughs> like, what? Like, it doesn't work. They're, they're Vulcan children. Like, they don't, they wouldn't do that. It's not Earth. They would bully him, like, intellectually, maybe. I, I don't know. They would, I don't know. I fucking, I fucking hate this. Like, they're level, like, bullying for Vulcans would just be pointing out your logical fallacies. Right. That's what I, That's yeah. it. 
They would be like, or or how incorrect you were, or something. It like they be wouldn't be like, yeah, he got that from his whore of a mother. Right. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't say that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> thanks so much for all you guys do. It might just seem like you guys are voicing opinions about a sci-fi series, but your insights really do help me, and I'm sure other fans of the podcast, to think more critically about characters, stories, film, art, etc. And in oh learning more about what makes art work, and what we like about the art, it helps us to come to appreciate things more deeply, and to find more th- we like in other things. That's Which I great. I like to think is the point of art in the first place, to like make life better. That's a really great uh, end of your email. That was that's great. Yeah, that Thank might you. Be, like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> yeah, um, people are generally never nice to me, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Uh, you guys are beyond awesome. Sincerely, Phil Montgomery. Thank you, Phil. Phil what a great email. Damn, I I can't believe us talking about nerd shit is having this much of a profound effect on somebody well i was talking to like paul and nick about discovery and i was saying how like it's hard to talk to me about star trek um because it's i'm like a food critic with star trek i've had so much of it that like you're gonna need to really like try (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah exactly like i can't just have surface level conversations about star trek and that's how i feel about you and me like definitely like and i I brought that up with paul i was like we're not like we're not regular star trek people like we're like super fucking fans of star trek like it's tough to like just shit out some star trek and be like well why don't you like it well it's because it's gotta be fucking the real thing man like it's there's no facsimile Star Trek yeah. here, you know? And, I mean, there's that whole attitude that, like, we're just being nitpicky assholes about right. it. And whether that's true or not, there's there has to be something in Star Trek that makes it what it is, or else it's just any other sci-fi series. Yeah. There's a reason it's it's called the thing it's called. Or there should be. There, well, I, I think deep down everyone realizes that. Oh, I, yeah. I just, I think greed and, and and just greed really has ruined lots of things that were once amazing. There's like, just a whole society of fans of things that refuse to criticize it in any way, right. shape, or form. We, t- we talk about this all the time. Yeah, it blows my mind, like... I can't like something and not accept that it has flaws. Right. And like, we I love Star the, Trek, but, like... If I take like, the piss out of Star Trek, it's because yeah. I love it. It's not because right. I think it's shit. I'm not, like, making it less valuable or less, like, worthy or no. what, whatever it is. There's like, that, uh, that Japanese art, right, where, like, you break the teacup and then you seal it yeah. back together with gold... And it's more beautiful for having been broken. Oh, what is that called? It's called, like... Oh, shit. I wish I remembered, but, Wabi Sabi. It's, like... That's so true of everything. Nothing is perfect, and it's better for not being perfect. Right. If we didn't... Think about it this way. We make all these jokes about Star Trek. If all this bad Star Trek shit didn't exist, how could we make those jokes and have that fun and enjoy Star Trek on that level? Right. We right. If it was we're not we're not doing a podcast about like Citizen Kane where we're like 
it's still amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's still perfect, by the way. It's a great fucking movie, even like eighty years later. Like, yeah, okay, sure, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. There's, there is value in the flawedness to it, yeah. and when we make fun of it, it's it's not us like shitting on it all the time, unless unless it deserves to be, which I I I know that there's that element too. And and I know the question then is like, well, why why who named you the the kings of Star Trek? I did. No nobody. <laughs> oh, Jeff did. <laughs> I, I'm the czar of Star Trek, so I yeah. named us both the kings of Star Trek. I think that's valid though. Fuck it, we are awesome. We're great. Fuck it. It's like, <laughs> I think people need to understand that we're not uh, giving summary judgment right. on Star Trek. We're not saying that this is 100. percent unequivocally the fucking objective truth of Star Trek. It's completely yeah. subjective to us. Right. If you disagree, that's fine. I mean, your opinion is no less valid than mine, unless right. it's fucking stupid. Then it's unless, worthless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's just... Understand that you having a different opinion than us doesn't make uh, us assholes. Right, it, and it doesn't make you, you an, an asshole. asshole. <laughs> God damn it! I fucking love it. Holy shit! Oh my no, god! No, we're all Star Trek fans, and we a lot of us enjoy Star Trek in different ways. But yeah, um, I forget what I was gonna say. So thank you for writing. Thank in. you. Yeah, that's a great email. Thank you. We uh, could do a whole podcast about the thing we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, we honestly. really could. Our next email is from Chris, who says. Who Oof. I don't love Voyager. <laughs> it has its moment, but the pilot episode isn't among them. Agreed. If you listen to the episode, we say pretty much exactly that. Yep. Yep. I feel like a book club I love asked me to read their fan fiction. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the idea of reviewing episodes by themes. There's elements in early Voyager that never really get used to their full potential. Conflict between Maquis and Starfleet crews, limited number yep. of torpedoes, and other survivalist elements. Right. Never really wrestling with the value of the Prime Directive in their unique circumstances. Yeah. It's they do sometimes, but not really. Not really. Uh, I know you guys have critiqued the Maquis as a concept, but I never really had that much of a problem with them. I suppose the heart of your objection lies with the idea that the Federation citizens would decide to remain in the Cardassian territory colonies and then use terrorism to defend them, risking the peace for petty, selfish reasons. Yeah, that's, that is, that's pretty much that's your pretty much whole it. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I always kind of agreed with what Cisco said on the matter, that it's easy to be saints in paradise. They live in paradise! Yeah. They're still, they were still part of the Federation! Right. Oh. Just go somewhere else. Just to go uh, elsewhere. Go back to Earth. Yeah. Like fuck it. Right. Like go to a different colony planet. They can beam everything you own there, including your crops, out of the ground and into well, the other grounds. One of the things that I think we we could do, and and like do like a whole video essay on, is like how important impermanence is in Star Trek. Yeah. Like how everyone. Whether they're raised that way or they have special counseling or something, everyone seems to realize that like there is a now and it'll end. Except the Maquis, who are like, no, I wanna <laughs> keep my dirt ball. I want to live here. Like, yeah, 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the kind of person who settled those colonies that they were trying to avoid the Federation in the first place. Maybe. Maybe it has more to do with resenting the idea of giving into the Cardassians. There's a bunch yeah. of characters in TNG and DS9 that can't really get over the brutality of the war. Ultimately, Mott the Barber was right. They never should have built those colonies so close to the Cardassian border. <laughs> what a great reference. Holy shit. Fucking Mott is a Mott. scholar far ahead of his time. Commander Riker, Commander Riker agrees with me, of course, or whatever he says. <laughs> I heard that you're agreeing with Mott against my better like, judgment. You're, you're talking about like interstellar warfare with Mott or whatever he says. <laughs> like, fucking I Jesus. Mean, there's always that argument for the Maquis that, like, I feel like Americans love the Maquis. Like, it's hard for an American. Well, we like rebels. Yeah, like, that's it's the thing. really hard for an American not to root for a rebellious underdog. Right. But it's, it's kind of a harsh example, but that's how the Taliban got started. Right. From the Mujahideen. Yeah, what, where's, what's the difference, right? Like, where's the line? Yeah, the, the line is very difficult to find. Especially yeah. when the Maquis are doing genuine terroristic acts and murdering Cardassians. The Ma and the, also, the thing like, causing genuine damage to the Federation. Right. They Well, they attack... What what turns it is they attack a starship. Yeah. And they're like, okay, this has to stop, because that's fucking crazy. Like, this is a city of people, and and these are, like, our most valuable resources, right? Like, starships are, like, fucking gold. Oh, yeah. Like, they gold need them. them, baby. Yeah, so I, I ultimately the you could argue that the Maquis are proven right, right? Because the, the Cardassians go crazy, and well, they, uh, they side do with go Dominion. crazy because the of the Dominion giving them that extra edge or whatever. But it's yeah. not like the Federation were ever like, yeah, now our problems with the Cardassians are all over. Right. It was right. It was always. A stopgap in order to keep war at bay until, a and it's also solution. for their for their safety yeah, too. Like exactly. those people weren't gonna survive. Like that's not they were gonna die. That's it's a suicide pact. Like and they're they're just like gonna die there. Yeah. Again, my a big problem I have with the whole like we want to keep our land thing is that they were there for sixteen years. Yeah, it would be different if they were again, like we said in the episode, if they were a indigenous species and the Federation yeah. trying to move them, then or it would be then that would be Native American. Like multiple generations or right. something. Exactly. But literally like the first children were being born there. Right. It's it's too much. Yeah. Like, they die and murder for a place they've lived in for sixteen years that they can get yeah. anything they could ever want from the Federation anywhere else as long as yeah, it's they just a they move it's, from that location in order to keep the galaxy from descending into war. Yeah, it's just a it's just a place, right? That's yeah. that's what any other like star uh, or federation citizen would probably come to that conclusion. Like like it's just a place and I can go somewhere else and just be who I, mean, I am it's there. Especially just a place cuz it's 16 years. I mean, if it right. was your home planet, that's different. Yeah, it's not earth, right? Like yeah. that's different. Um, <laughs> also, pitch it or ditch it. Oh, shit. Voyager encounters a crazy space rift in the Delta Quadrant and gets pulled into a mirror universe where it meets its bizarro twin Voyager. Mirror universe Janeway becomes a fucking space pirate, and the crew all went a bit Mad Max. <laughs> Villano wears a belt of alien skulls. Tuvok's <laughs> lost an ear and always sneers. The Doctor always has a bloody apron, and Kim definitely wears a ball gag. 
the two Voyagers get into some shenanigans, and Pirate Janeway is a total badass and saves the day by enslaving some primitive culture and killing their god. What? Unfortunately, in the chaos, Prime Universe Kim gets killed, and the crew replace him with Mirror Universe Bitch Kim. Everyone lives happily. That already happened. That's the universe. Yeah, that's the thing. That actually happens in the show. Yeah. Uh, you don't see it, but it happens. Uh, well, you do see it, is the thing. <laughs> like, fucking... As spoilers for a show I don't give a fuck about, so you're gonna hear it. Yeah. Uh, the regular Harry Kim gets killed, and the alternate universe Harry Kim takes his place, and no one ever fucking comments on it. <laughs> it doesn't matter to that level that Harry Kim is replaced. Yeah, what's the alternate universe? It's not the it's not the mirror universe though. It's no, like, it's like a alternate timeline, is what it is. Yeah. So it's like a way more harsh version of when O'Brien replaced himself from a half hour yeah. in the past. Right. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. This show. <laughs> sorry for the long email. Have a good one, Chris. Your email is Great. about half the length of some of the ones we've read so far. <laughs> Thank Great you for email. your email, though, Chris. I appreciate your thoughts on the Maquis. Even though I don't uh, I don't agree with the stance you probably have on them, I understand where you're coming from. I don't hate the Maquis as much as Jeff does. I do I'll have say that. a hate boner. I, I understand Jeff completely. Like, I, I, and I agree. Um, I, I just, I, they don't, they don't play an important enough role for me. Like, I don't really care about them. I feel like it's so. because so many people I've known have, like, championed them at me. That I've developed yeah. a chip on my shoulder because of them. Like, I'm kind of like Starfleet Command, where I'm just like, they'll just go away. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, just let them. Until they attack my ship. Right. They'll go away, and then whatever. Like, fuck it. <laughs> Our next email is from Eric Bogenschutz. Okay. Who says, My dearest Jeffrey and Joshua. <laughs> oh my God. Apologies for the long subject line, which says, Surprise, another scientist likes your podcast and the most influential science fiction franchise of all time. Oh, fucking scientists. I love them. Uh, similar to another person that wrote in, I love listening to the podcast while working in the lab. Oh my god, I love it. It has caused me to start laughing like an idiot while dissecting mice multiple times, and maybe one <laughs> of the reasons my PhD work will take longer than it should. You're welcome. But it'll be worth it if I have your fine-ass voices keeping me company. Damn. Man, I can't believe scientists listen to us. What the fuck? I don't know, man. I don't get it. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I wanted to write in after finishing Next Gen on Netflix. First, fuck Wesley. Second, I love yep. seeing how the show incorporated current, at the time of the show, science. Yeah. Specifically in genetics and molecular biology. DNA. Which yeah, is DNA his DNA is the... Yeah. Uh, you can see it. You can see the... the, 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 the writing. They're like, well, DNA, we like know about it now. Yeah, we gotta put <laughs> so, that shit. Put it in the show. Uh, for example, the episode Genesis, in which changes in crew members' non-coding DNA leads them to devolve, which is oh insane. Oh my god. But highlights one of the most exciting findings in the field in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> that episode. Barkley turns into a spider. Yeah, and then uh, Troy's like a frog lady. Yeah, it has pretty good special effects for the time. Yeah. Though. Like, Barkley's and Worf is genuinely kind of unsettling looking. Yeah. Worf turns yeah. into a Ugh. scorpion monster. Uh, it starts with him, right? Doesn't he have in the name of like Barkley syndrome or whatever? Yeah. 
going <laughs> forward in the DS9 and Voyager, I hope there are at least a few science-focused episodes like this. It's a great way to keep people interested in talking about science, even if it is them asking, is that really possible? Or, where the mm. hell did the writers get this idea? Yeah. I can definitely say Star Trek had an influence on my life and career, and love learning how it was posit- positively impacted others. Awesome. Man, That's a great email. That is awesome. Uh, Thanks for being a scientist. We need them more yes, than ever. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, I, have a I wish I was smart enough to be one. <laughs> no, I'm definitely fucking not. <laughs> I can only make pee jokes. I'm an artist. I'm an artiste. Uh, I have a feeling Discovery will have more explosions and shooting than science, though I haven't watched it yet. One can only mm. hope. And we could we could talk about that at a later date. Yes. Um, <laughs> keep up the great work. Science Junior Officer Eric Bogenschutz of the USS Bozeman. Nice. The Bozeman. The fucking Bozeman. So uh, many Bozemans. Dude, I'm, I'm stationed on the Ticonderoga myself. Oh, the Ticonderoga. Oh, no. Where do you think <laughs> I'm at? I don't know. You're, you're on the Ticonderoga with me. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, P.S. Please make Go Climb a Rock shirts so I can give you money and have a shirt yes! to wear while I climb rocks. Yes! I'm, dude, I we need, need to. Do to. Make, I really do need to make the Go Climb It's so rock simple, shirt. dude. It's just so text. Simple. Go Climb a Rock. <laughs> we just need to find the font, which it looks like a century font or something. I don't know. I really. have to look into it. But <laughs> Our next email is from Maddie Peeps. Peeps. Who says, Trek Boys. Uh, uh, Trek Boys. <laughs> It gets deeper every time. Uh, it's bad track parts. Track boys. Whoa. Hello. Happy Halloween. <laughs> hey, guys. Matt here. I say that like you knew I existed before this second. Maybe we did. I did. I look I at you at night. Did. Oh, shit. He's back. <laughs> oh, God. It's Satan's back. here. Everybody it's Becklar. Becklar. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite things about the show is the dynamic between the two of you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sexually. There's a lot of crossover in your sense of humor and even joke delivery, and I was wondering uh-huh. how much you think you've influenced each other's sense of humor over however long you've known each other. I'm going to say not at all because we are the same person. Yeah, we started out the same guy. It just happened yeah. to line up accidentally. Yeah, I'm like the Mirror Universe version of Jeff. Yeah, he's definitely Mirror Mirror Jeff. Yeah. I'm the, I'm I'm little, the good twin. Yeah, I'm the little evil inside. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you felt your sensibility shift over your friendship? Uh, who or what would you cite as influential comedically and in your life otherwise? Oh my god, that's like so hard yeah, to answer that's that. Yeah, really tough. I don't know. Um, a lot of like uh, when I was growing up, a lot of I like I liked a lot of comedians. I, I like watch, comedy. I watch stand up comedy like constantly. I also did that. I also did that. Like, so there you Central go. Central was on my dial every day, yep. all day. Yep. So like, uh, so like kids many in the comedians, hall. kids in the yeah. hall. Yeah. Um, like Dr. wet hot American summer. Doctor Katz, professional Dr. therapist. Doctor Katz, yes. Um, like tons of stand up comedians. Like I think about like Chris Rock. Uh, yeah, Chris Rock, yeah, for real. Like, George Carlin. Yeah, um, Carlin probably the most for me. 
God, I can't even pick the most. Like when Dave Chappelle came along, I feel like oh god, I feel like Dave Chappelle super influenced me. Yeah, Dave Ch- Dave Chappelle came along and it was like oh my god, like There's, this is just a home run every yeah, single there day. There is a new level of comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's been set. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> yeah. There's like so many influences on me. Really, it's it's difficult. Yeah, I don't know if I could pick like one. It's just I just liked comedy and the the making of comedy was fascinating to me and still is making people laugh yeah like i like being ridiculous and i think that being ridiculous like a lot like punk music and a lot like rap music um fuck it why not why shouldn't you right there's a level of like complete freedom when you just like i'm just gonna be ridiculous i don't care yeah like who says? Like who says? Like I can't do this, right? Like that's my thing. There's like um, an anti-establishment type of thing to it, since yeah. the whole idea of establishment is like stodgy and humorless. Right. I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't know. A lot. Of, a lot of things. Uh, too many to name. A lot of like. Uh, I feel like I'm like forgetting a- like giant influences now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld. I used to just, like, watch comedy all the time. I don't yeah. even know, how, like, who they were most of the time. Just watched comedy. Yeah, I think about all the comedians I watched, like, really late at night, like, on Lounge Lizards on Comedy Central. Lounge Lizards. Do you remember on, um, you might be a little young. I'm only a couple <laughs> years younger than you. Well, I was really kind of little when I remember this, but I remember on VH1 they used to show comedians oh, yeah. at night. Yeah, I used to watch that too. Like Rosie O'Donnell hosted like a comedy thing, and I remember watching that. I don't know, man. It's just too many things. It's really difficult for me to like pick out the one that I think represents my sense of humor the most. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm like one a bunch thing. of little parts put together. I think. Yeah, I think people would probably say I'm more Louis C.K. Yeah, because of the way that I both red-haired. Yeah, it's red-headed racism. Fucking red hairs. That's super red-headed racism. What you just said. <laughs> That's such a red hair thing to say. Oh my god, we are entering uncomfortable territory right now <laughs> with the amount of racism. <laughs> Fucking primary color-haired motherfucker. What? <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, Do you find personal influences or media-based influences have had a more profound impact on your sensibilities, personalities, and worldviews? Yeah. I don't... It's hard to escape that, I think, for anybody. I don't know if I would know that. I I, I don't think that I could objectively look at that. I I don't know. I don't have any idea. There's that whole thing that, like... We have no idea what our actual personalities are. Right. Like we're not. We're not ourselves. Know that. Well, yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. I I don't. I don't know. You can tell us what comedians you think we're like. That'd be fun. Right. I don't. I I couldn't say. I don't. It's like we know each other's personalities. It's just we're kind of ballparking that we're have we have the same one almost. Right. Because it's like. 
the closest thing to another you, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, that's why people are friends. Like, that's the whole thing with friendship. It's like, oh, this person's kind of like me enough ways that I could be with them. It's like overall personality overlap, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if that's too heavy and unfunny, I have some Boston Sean Dupree's patented <laughs> Hitch It or Ditch It TM. Oh my god. One, Sliders. The cast from Sliders slides into a legally distinct Star Trek dimension. Oh my god. This dimension's Maximilian Arturo is the captain of the Enterprise equivalent with Quinn and Wade on his bridge. The Sliders must believe. help him in a standoff with a Klingon bird of prey led by this dimension's Rembrandt Brown. I can't believe I remember the characters that you're talking about from that show. I can't either. Like, what the... I, rem- I remember them. Why I do- remember that why shit. Why do I remember them? <laughs> is what my question, like... I can that believe, was a show, I man. I can believe someone who isn't me would remember it, but the fact that <laughs> not I remember me. it... Is not me. myself. Not Jeff. No, not Jeff. Um, uh, I will... Fuck, I haven't watched Sliders in so long, but fuck it, I'll pitch it. Yeah, fuck it, I want to see some more Sliders, I don't care. Uh, Sliders! (laughs) Uh, Two, Quantum Leap. Scott Bakula quantum leaps into Data and must help him in a situation (laughs) that would be greatly aided by emotions. Scott can remember emotions, but inside Data's robot brain can't actually feel them anymore. I'm going to ditch it because that would mean that Data is a person, and we don't know that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we had a whole episode about this, Josh. It's called I mean, Measure of he, a Man. Well, that he's compatible with, like, a human? I don't he's know. He's sexually he? compatible with a well, human. Well, sure. So is a fucking dildo. He's fully functional. <laughs> so is that a means, dildo. That means he can jizz. Well... So can some dildos, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this thing called porn. Look, I'm not trying to judge dildos on their accuracy to human condition or not, all right? I'm just saying Data <laughs> is fully functional, and that means he's a fully functional person. But does that mean that a human can quantum leap inside of them? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not That's willing a, to... S- I'm, I want to know the answer to that. I'm not willing to be the, the decider, so I'm not going to shoot that episode of a show. I'm going to I'm gonna say ditch. It. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna play God. I say pitch. It. <laughs> Three, quantum leap again. Oh my God! Scott Bakula quantum leaps into Scott Bakula from Enterprise and must keep the show from being canceled. He already did that in Quantum Leap. The show he quantum leaps into himself. Why didn't he just stay there? Because he's a little kid. So it's my favorite episode of the show. It's amazing. He just grow he up. Qu- he quantum leaps into himself, and it's before, like, the Beatle, like, John Lennon dies, and he plays Imagine for his sister, and she, like, doesn't believe him, but she's like, what is with all, like, she's like, why do you keep saying, like, all this crazy shit, like, you're being crazy, and he plays Imagine, and she starts crying, because she knows, like, he's, like, how can anyone just play that song? She's never heard it before, but she knows, right? Wow. It's incredible. You should watch. That's a, I'll that send you the good, scene. Man. Yeah, it's really good. Um, thanks for reading my words on the internet, and thanks for making what's now one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yours, <laughs> etc. Matt. Thank you, Matt. Matt, thank you. That was one of my favorite emails. Good email. That was a deep one. <laughs> our final e- no it's not our final one our next oh my email. god <laughs> god damn we got so many emails this time this could be a long ass episode 
It's a long one. Our next email is from uh, TJ Kelly. Hi. Who says, Hi, Jeff and Josh. I'd say Trek Boys, but I don't want Josh to get tired of it yet. Trek, Trek Boys. <laughs> Trek Boys. Sliders. <laughs> Guy with the dope 80s name here again. TJ <laughs> Kelly is a super 80s name. Hey, when are you going to fight the guy, Jake Ryan, from for Molly Ringwald? That's from the 80s. Dude, when are you, you going to fight him? Dude, your 80s references are fucking on point. Dude, I've, I watched them. I know the 80s. You think you know the 80s? <laughs> think again. Think again. Really Pussy. enjoy... <laughs> <laughs> uh, really enjoying the format of the show now that we ran out of films. I recently acquired access to a popular streaming service, name redacted, until they give you some shield money. Give us money. So since then, I've been watching DS9 for the first time. I'd only watched hmm. through TNG and a handful of TOS episodes before now. I think I was tainted by the whole Voyager stigma and assumed the other series were subpar, but I was that definitely was wrong. wrong. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, see? You know. I know. Thank you both for giving me an excuse to quit being lazy and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Anytime we can give somebody an excuse to quit being lazy and watch a television show, <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. You're welcome, TJ. Thanks, TJ Ryan. Now go drive away in your Porsche. Now that the show will follow a non-linear format... How do you plan to handle spoilers? We don't. <laughs> we we say spoiler alert before we say a spoiler, and it's, it's fucking your fault now if you get spoiled. Yeah, there's too many like uh, t- like things to talk about. Like I I, I We're don't not think we spoil, could spoil like big things. Yeah, yeah. But like we'll small try not shit to. That doesn't really matter. We'll be spoiling. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, listen at your own risk, I guess. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know this was touched on slightly in the DS9 episode, but I was curious what your thoughts were. I've been resorting to making stupid noises to drown out your voices when I hear the word spoilers on episodes. There you go. I listen on my commute. I could just mute the radio, but that wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I wish we would. I just they could like s- fucking see him going. Blah, 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 blah. They should just send us recordings of themselves doing that, and I'll edit them in at those points. Perfect. I'm not going to do that. No, he'll do it. <laughs> he'll do it if he wants to stay on the podcast. Uh oh. Bye. See you next podcast. <laughs> also, my Boston Sean's pitch it or ditch it. Shit. Number one, TNG. The Enterprise encounters an exact copy of the Enterprise-D while passing an unknown planet. Scans show evidence of only one life form inside. Data. Hmm. Worf and expendable crewmen go to investigate. (laughs) They find exact copies of the entire Enterprise crew. Data's copy is picked up by sensors as the only living humanoid creature. What? If not a good idea, assume that Riker does not have a beard in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fucking funny. That sounds great. I think there's a lot there. I would definitely pitch that one. Pitch it, for sure. Uh, Two, TNG. Mm -hmm. The Enterprise encounters a force field in space that disrupts their navigation controls and are quickly hailed by a nearby starship warning them to turn back. The starship explodes. 
What? From the debris emerges the disembodied head of Night Court's own John Larroquette, <laughs> demanding fun facts to quench his thirst for knowledge, else the Enterprise will meet the same fate. Oh my god. I don't think John Larroquette <laughs> could be that evil. <laughs> He's too good. He's too nice. He played an asshole in Night Court, so I'm gonna say pitch it. Pitch it. Yeah. God, I gotta have my John Larroquette facts. Everybody has that. <laughs> For real. Everybody knows that about me. Everybody knows. I thought you were doing like a Bush, like a George Bush <laughs> Sr. Everybody knows that about me. Wouldn't be prudent. Wouldn't be. That's really good. That was really good. <laughs> I like it. Our next email is from Sebastian Bustos. Hi. Who says, my dearest Trek boys. Hi. I hate writing these fan letter write-in things telling you guys how much I like your shit, but I'm going to do it anyways. I like your shit. Yay! Woo! Thank you. I, like many others apparently, found your show through following Josh and his work, specifically hearing him mention it on Cracking the Spine. There you go. But I'm only a few episodes in, and I'm already starting to be really fond of Jeff as well. Aww. Duh! <laughs> Warms my coal black heart. Yeah. I love to, Yeah. Yeah. He's I love emotionless. <laughs> I love TNG, and Josh is one of the main reasons, as I decided to give it a chance in order to listen along to Syndication Station when it was coming out. Oh, shit. R.I.P. B.R.B. pouring out some Romulan ale for my dead show. <laughs> oh, my. Don't waste it. It's... It's illegal. It's fucking banned in the Federation. You better just it's drink like it up. Cuban cigars, which uh, maybe it'll be illegal soon again. Uh, now I've decided <laughs> to give this show and the other Star Trek series a chance. While I originally approached the show as a methadone, now that the crack rock of uh, syndication station and fantasy fiction are gone forever, it's quickly <laughs> gotten me addicted in its own right. Yeah, methadone is addicted. Yeah, get that meth addiction. <laughs> yeah, do some meth. I guess I have a couple questions I could propose. Feel free to skip if you've gotten them already. Okay. If you could live in the Star Trek universe as any race besides human, what would it be? As much as I mm. love Vulcans, I don't know if I'd want to be one. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to be one either. Sex only every seven years kind of sounds terrible. True. I already live that life, so. That's, <laughs> that's not even true. Like, <laughs> the guy who wrote the episode where they talk about Pon Far even said that he didn't understand why people construed that as being they only yeah, have sex. Yeah, every it's just seven that they, they need to then, yeah, right? Like, it's get, not like, right. human fucking emotions for that yeah, time. Yeah, they get, they get fevered up. Yeah. They get bone fever. God. Everybody has bone fever. I love Andorians, but I don't want to be one because they live on a shitty ice moon. Yeah, but you'd love it. I don't like cold. But you wouldn't feel it, right? Because the Andorians, like, are completely unaffected by extreme heat and cold. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, man, I get to tap that blue antenna ass all day there long. There you go. So. <laughs> Andorian. It's weird that I think about it, like, there are so many times in my life where I was just super fucking angry. Yeah. Where I just felt terrible, and, like, being a Vulcan would be awesome because you don't ever have to go through any of that. You can just suppress it and be like, nope. Don't yeah, but way. you'd have to... I guess you'd be better equipped, but what if you weren't? Yeah. My luck, I'd be the one who wasn't, you know? Yeah, I'd be fucking Cybok. Yeah, then you gotta go to Nimbus and ride a horse or something. A horse that's like a regular Earth horse, even though it's in space. <laughs> it's a space Earth horse. 
We could ask Zane the breed. <laughs> she knows about that. She loves your horse questions. Yeah, she sure does. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know. If if I'll go with Vulcan. Why not? I'd be like a half human Vulcan and just be like human. Fuck it. Whatever. I'm going Andorian, baby. I'm a real moody boy. <laughs> Get out of my way. I'm blue and mad. Uh, if you. If they were to create an alternate universe TNG movie similar to 2009, puke at the very thought, who would you want cast as the crew? Uh, I would want a bullet cast into my brain. Yes, please. Two bullets into my brain also. Uh, yeah, that would be horrible. I don't... That would... That's not... I don't even no. want to entertain that thought. Yeah, let's... That's, we're not going to talk about that. That's... I just got scared and afraid, and I'm angry now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very afraid. I'm very afraid. <laughs> I need an adult. I would give you some pitch it or ditchets, but I'm writing this at 3 a.m. and my brain don't work so good. That's right okay. Now. We're recording this at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Also, I had a thought. Why not name the email segment slash shows something re- relevant to the Star Trek universe like incoming transmission or hailing frequencies open? The current name, while to the point, is a little bland. The main well, podcast name is sick, though. <laughs> Um, because both of those are already taken, and so is every other name that has to do with transmissions or subspace <laughs> or hailing frequencies. <laughs> We're gonna call it Carrier Pigeons. Like, I didn't start with M-Class Podcast. I ended up on that one, because all the names that have anything to do with communication in the Star Trek universe are gone. Yeah. I think he meant the email one, though, right? Yeah. We're not changing it, though. Nah. We'd have I mean, to, like, rebrand every episode that came before this, wh- and I'm not doing that shit. What do they call, like, mail in the Star in Star Trek? Just call it mail? I guess. They, it's subspace messages. Subspace? Yeah, I guess subspace. I don't know. I mean, subspace messages is already a podcast. And so yeah, is and that's a dumb name transmission anyway. and hailing frequencies open. Yeah, we should just name it to 69 Star Trek 420 Smoke Weed Cast. Also, we answer your questions here. <laughs> That'll definitely fit into the block that they give you for your name on iTunes. It needs some work. <laughs> we'll pare it down a little bit. <laughs> We're going to call it Star Trek Podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm rambling, so I'll wrap it up. Thanks for making dope content, guys. Feel free to use slash read as much or as little of this email as possible. I know I went on for a bit. No, you're good. Thank you. Peace and long life, Sebastian Bustos. Live long Thank and prosper, you. buddy. Also, pawn far it up, boys. Get that bone fever. <laughs> Fight with a Lerpa. <laughs> P.S. to Josh, not a day goes by that I don't miss Reese's the Wise and that other old guy whose name I'm not sure I'm allowed to say. R.I.P. <laughs> Oh man, Reese's. He might come back at some point. Reese's the Wise is not dead forever. Don't, don't, uh, he's around. Our next email is from Jack Carpenter, who is, oh, a, yeah. who is a good, good boy, who says, Sup, track bros. That's, that's not, okay, what's up? <laughs> so, I'm not gonna go too in-depth about Voyager Pilot, because I'm sure y'all's take is gonna be similar to mine. It's awesome and super cool fun! <laughs> yep, there it is. Uh, Episode over. No. Don't even listen to the podcast. <laughs> no, but it really sucks. I'm currently halfway through the end of Season 7, and good God is it a struggle to work through. 
Yeah, there's a lot of seasons and and episodes that uh, honestly I just skip over when yeah. I watch it because I'm like I don't care about this. I don't care about this. You know. Anyway, I have a pitch it or ditch it for y'all. Go. And it's a real one this time. Not like okay. the last one I sent you, which was just an excuse for me to throw shade at Harry Kim. By the way, he's still a baby-backed bitch. Fight me in real life, Garrett Wang. <laughs> he might. Fight me IRL, Garrett Wang. <laughs> Garrett Wang, come on, do it, fight him. Do okay, it. I so, know you're listening. Okay. He's a big fan of us making fun of his character endlessly. He's, he probably loves it. So, okay, so here's my thought. It takes place during DS9, during the whole Changeling scare, back on Earth. And it follows yeah. a Federation agent who's tasked with tracking down Changelings. I feel that it would make for a creepy mystery detective story, and could really give us a good look at the Federation during what I see as one of its most paranoid times. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'd be a lot of cool possibilities to do the whole, are they or are they not a Changeling? Perhaps the main character agent guy could question if they're a Changeling. Oh no, I made Blade Runner! Oh no, it's Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Be right back getting sued by Ridley Scott. But yeah. So, but um, seriously, I think a story like that could be cool to see in the Trek universe. I know that the idea kind of already exists in DS9 from time to time, but I'd like right. to see a more focused story on one guy following that through. Thoughts? Yeah, you you could do that. I, I would like that a lot. Uh, he couldn't be finding changelings everywhere. Like the There'd have to be like a main changeling, like yeah, one of them, I right? Mean, the one changeling says there's two of them on the planet. Right, so. right now, yeah. I could They're be like, finding the us. other one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be cool. I would, I'd be in that. Yeah, I'd watch that. I don't know about it just being a rando. Yeah, like, it if it was Odo, I'd be into it. That would be cool, yeah. And he's, like, using his knowledge of himself to try and find the changeling. Right. And he could do some changeling stuff, like turn into a bag like he loves to do. He could turn into a bag full of latinum. They keep talking about the uh, the Cardassian neck trick that he does, but it's like, what about the bag tricks that he does? <laughs> he becomes Dude, like a dozen different bags. He's got all kinds of bag repertoire up in his, his skill set. Like, he can't make a nose correctly, but he could make 30 different bags. He could make like an elaborate buckle on a bag, yeah. but he can't make a fucking knows <laughs> whatever hey whatever uh thanks for writing in jack i appreciate it great <laughs> our actual last email of the night holy mother of god is from someone whose name is literally trendy moron i didn't make that up that sounds like a real name <laughs> trendy moron oh from the from the uh new york city morons yeah of course Oh, they're rich. God, fucking Rockefeller moron over here. (laughs) Dear Jeff and Josh, we are told that space is the final frontier, but what about interdimensional exploration? Mm. Alternate dimensions in the Star Trek universe have been visited repeatedly via anomalies and transporter malfunctions, so apparently all it would take is a minor tweak to some 120-year-old transporter technology for the Federation to open up a whole new frontier of infinite possibilities. Well, what's what's more infinite than infinite though so that's the thing right like like that's the thing about space like big is small like the farther you go out the smaller things get and also the bigger things get right so that's what infinity is it's it's both directions it's not yeah, space like space is like, already infinite like even right. if there are infinite alternate realities space is already infinite in itself 
Yeah, there's you're already reaching the infinity, right? That's the thing, like, what was the, the email about the Voyager, like, warp 9.75? Like, th- the answer to that one would be, there's an infinite amount of numbers between 9.975 and 9.999. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. That's how, that's how space works, too. Like, you can get, you can get smaller dimensionally, or you can get larger, but either way you go, it's infinite. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's, we're right in the middle of a scale of infinity on both. Yeah, sides. we're just scalar. It's all. It's a scalar problem. It's not a. It's not like a move left problem. It's a. It's a scale problem. And it's like, so why do these brilliant Starfleet officers, men and women of science, all consistently fail to realize the possibilities that their excursions in the parallel universes represent? Is the Federation right to restrict their expeditions to interstellar space, or is it time to start diving where spaceships are only skimming the surface? Yours in this and all other dimensions, trendy moron. I th- I think like I, f- um, I feel like you're putting the cart before the horse on this one. Y- yeah, like, they're they're not that good at it's. Yeah. Go go ahead. Maybe you can. I know what you're gonna say. You explain it, Jeff. Like <laughs> I, I feel like what you were getting at is like the technology is accidental at this point. Right. And even if it was perfected, like. These other dimensions, we know absolutely nothing about it at this point. We aren't, we don't right. have the studies necessary. Like there were hundreds of years of studies of space and space travel right. before we sent the first rocket up. Right. We had to, we had to build a rocket before we could have the Enterprise. Yeah. And and just like that, like so there needs to be science done yeah, on I mean, interdimensional travel before people start going over there and shaking hands with whatever the fuck you know. We could try and perfect that transporter technology to go into another dimension and rip time and space apart itself. Yeah, you could, like, destroy the whole universe. Like, nobody knows, right? And for what is my question? To see yeah. a slightly different version of your own dimension where you got a goatee? <laughs> like, dimensions in Star Trek are exact copies of one another where something is slightly different. It's the multiverse, right? There, yeah. There's a dimension where you and I own Ferraris. There's a dimension where I'm sitting where you're sitting and you're sitting where I'm sitting, right? Yeah. Like, it's... At what point are you like, well, whatever, like, we just have to study this iteration of the universe, you know? Like Starfleet's entire modus operandi is discovering new planets and new civilizations out in space. They have their organization has nothing to do with interdimensional travel. Like, if another organization wants to get into that, that's fine. But I I don't. That's a more scientific endeavor. Specialty. Starfleet's a a large uh, blanket, and you're talking about something specific. I think, right? Like. It would be a section of Starfleet yeah. that would do that. I mean, also, I just don't see the sense in it exactly. Yeah. Like, dimensions are so separated. Like, you can go to a dimension and meet aliens and create some sort of, like, cohabitation with them or whatever, but you don't really share an existence with them. Right. It's, if that were true, like, in our real life, like, there's people who believe, like, aliens are interdimensional. Like, okay, fine, whatever. But, like, the fact is, like, then we our our idea of space would just change. We would just include those things. Yeah, like there are portals or whatever to other places. Okay, well then that's a that's a thing that happens. But like, it's not like 
I don't. I guess I just don't, I don't see know. the sense in it. Really? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I like how you're like. I don't. I don't see the sense in it. I'm. I'm. Maybe I'm old fashioned. I'm old Starfleet. <laughs> maybe I'm fashioned. an old fashioned spaceship kind of yeah, guy. <laughs> maybe I'm an old fashioned like exploring our own universe kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, they do run into like weird shit like that, but a lot of it, like like you're saying, like. If you happen to run into, like, a spatial anomaly or whatever, that's a spatial anomaly. Like, Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing about the transporter technology malfunctioning and sending them to alternate dimensions is right. that there is an interdimensional anomaly happening at the time. Right. Is why. It's not just the transporter doing that. Yeah, I, I feel like... I, again, I feel like it's a scalar problem. It's It's... We're living on this scale, and we tend, as human beings, to think, like... Well, this is reality, but like, we don't know, <laughs> you know. Like, we're just seeing our microscopic viewpoint of the universe. So, like, what's to say if you go to another dimension that you wouldn't be on a another scale, and like, maybe you'd be giant there. No, that's the or maybe you think about is like, we don't know if another dimension has the same matter physical properties physics, as ours. Yeah, physics could be crazy. Like, you could go into that dimension and immediately just be ripped apart atom by right. atom. Or just be vaporized, or just be fucking like, sucked into a black hole, or like, who knows? Like, who even fucking knows? And there's the dangers in regular space travel to consider, but again, in space travel you share a universe with these other races extending your hand out to them to in brotherhood makes sense to me right uh it feels more like you're like going on someone else's property <laughs> it's, it it's feels unnatural between, it's the difference between yeah. going out into the middle of the cul-de-sac i guess and like shaking yeah. hands with people and like going into someone's yard, like house, and house. trying to shake hands with when them. they're asleep at night. Yeah, it's <laughs> being like, "Hey, nice to meet you." It's a different world, right? It's a different existence. It's Stranger Things. Like sometimes you don't want to open that hole, man. Yeah, you know, that's true. There could be some shit over there. I don't know. You don't want them to come over here. I'm the stodgy old admiral that's like, I just don't see sense in it. Back in, Cell phones? <laughs> back in my day, we just went from planet to planet and said hello. <laughs> oh, Grandpa Admiral, you're crazy. Grandpa Our admiral. phasers only had three settings. Stun, mild, and spicy. <laughs> uh, P.S., Pitch it or ditch it. Okay. The doctor lends his mobile emitter to Vic Fontaine, who becomes the Federation's official ambassador to the Borg Queen in a last-ditch effort to defeat the Borg with sheer charm. <laughs> Dude, Vic, I love Vic. Vic is great. I fucking I love, love him. Even though but... Vic makes no sense whatsoever. It'd be stupid to send that mobile emitter over to the Borg. Yeah, no. that would be a mistake. They'd be like, oh, what is this thing from a thousand years from now that we can assimilate? Oh, good. We know how to do this now. <laughs> oh, a mobile emitter. Oh, well, now we can just fucking mobile emit our Borg into other ships. Yep. Upsies, we're the Borg. We don't care. We can just mobile emit Borg equipment into your fucking body now. Oh, my God. What if we're already all Borg? I'm fine with that. <laughs> good, because we are. Oh, no. I'm not really fine. <laughs> you lied. It's part of my board programming. <laughs> Shit, you are a board. 
This dude's a Borg. <laughs> this motherfucker's a Borg. This guy's Borging out over here. Uh, that that was our last email, and holy shit, this is a two-hour-long program. That was long emails. Um, we appreciate all the emails you guys sent in. They were all fun as fuck. Yeah, they're really good this week. And uh, if you would like to send in an email yourself and have us read it on the air like we did those 40 or however many we just did... 40? Then uh, you could send it on over to mclassemail at gmail.com. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. Yeah. yeah. Or you can just follow me or Josh if you hate one of us. Or you could go to the YouTube and subscribe to the M Class Podcast on the YouTube. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And write a review. Can be mean or nice. I don't care. Yeah. Tell us we suck dick. I don't care. Yeah. I, don't I give, mean, don't. I don't give a fuck what you say, but please review I mean, us. I don't give a fuck about your opinion. Please give me reviews. Um, we'll see you again, hopefully, in two weeks. Isn't that just the way of things? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see you in two weeks, everybody. It's real late. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we'll see you in two weeks. If not, uh, wait for it longer. It'll happen. <laughs> uh, just wait. Be patient. We love all of you. And uh, live long and give us money. Oh, love those Trek boys. Trek boys! (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.